Ford, get off your plane. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is May the 4th. Is this another Star Wars podcast episode on May the 4th? Oh my god, I can't believe it. Well, we're glad you chose this one, because uh, it's the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John, thank you. Uh, we're the official podcast of StarWarsNewsNet.com. James Bainey and Lacey Gillerin with me, as always. Uh, guys, to me, it's Monday, because we do Star Wars content pretty much every day. So this is like... When, uh, you know, people would go to the bars on St. Patrick's Day once a year and the regulars are like, ah, oh, get out of here. This is my turf. Yeah. Um, uh, but, we, we, you know, we got the episode coming out today. We got some fun stuff we're doing for our resistance officers later tonight. Uh, but this is kind of normal for me, really. Um, like, uh, kind of excited to see what other people are doing. But how are you guys doing on this uh, May the 4th? And I don't know if we have to pay Disney for saying that or not, but it's May the 4th. <laughs> I just love your reference to Harrison Ford. I think I saw a tweet that was like, I want something in my life as badly as Harrison Ford wants to die in a plane accident. <laughs> I mean, it's like three times now with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, no, but as far as May the 4th goes, I mean, it, it is so crazy. It feels like, uh, like you just nailed it, but it's like Easter like when you go to church, like and you're like, oh my god, there's a lot of people here, and yeah. then you go like the next week, and it's like nobody there. Like, <laughs> it's kind of one of those deals. Um, no, every, but th- this is great. Um, this is a, a a week for people to uh, maybe skip around and be like, you know what, I'm going to deep dive into Star Wars, see what's out there. And um, you know, this time last year, this time two years ago, maybe if they skipped Star Wars Day. Um, They've had enough time to get into podcasts yeah. and be like, you know what? I like podcasts. Maybe there's a Star Wars podcast. Everybody's talking about Star Wars. So, it, again, like if John was saying, if this is your first show, welcome. We're here twice a week. Like, let's do this, right? Join the resistance. Yeah, Star Wars Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big day, Lacey. It's a big day. Um, I'm always, like, overwhelmed on Star Wars Day because it's just, like, everybody becomes a Star Wars fan on Star Wars Day. So there's just so much content, so much stuff to take in. Um, So we're glad that you're watching this because there's so many options today. Uh, There's, like, 60 live streams. Like, everything's on sale. My wallet is crying. But, yeah, (laughs) it's Star Wars Day. Yeah, so many live streams today. It's there are. It's like every time I like look at my stream, it's just like we're live. We're doing live streams. Yeah. Star Wars. Like we're live watching this, and I'm like, so all these people are competing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Disney Plus is uh holding up. I know, right. and it's it's actually for me kind of overwhelming when like Reed Pop had put out that schedule of all these things that are going to be happening today. It, it's like right. it's like Star Wars Celebration, how you got your calendar and you're like, all right, this day I got to do this, this day I got to do this, but it's all on, on today. And it makes me not want to do any of it because it's, it gives me anxiety. Like, who's doing <laughs> what, when? And you're doing a live tweet of this, but you're live tweeting this. And it's just like so insane. But um, we're, we're going to keep it cool and chill here and uh, have some fun talking Star Wars. Um, and I'm really glad that uh, tonight we're um, going to be doing... Uh, kind of an intimate call with our uh, admirals and generals resistance officers uh on uh on zoom which is like it's, a, it's always a good time to chat up with them so i'm excited to do that later so we'll see you guys later uh but now it's time to talk to everybody about the latest in star wars news and james Bainey is gonna 
take us down that windy road. James, what is going on in the Resistance Report? It's the Resistance. All right, guys. Well, we got uh, a couple of stories this week coming in, especially in the category of um, new announcements, right? Um, now, again, these are not official uh, casting announcements, but we're hearing that it and seems very likely, it's kind of a done in my eyes, uh, that Genevieve O'Reilly is going to be returning uh, as her character of Mon Mothma to the Cassian Andor series. And with that, uh, we also got a confirmation of, of someone new to the Star Wars world, and that's Denise Goff. And uh, she's going to be joining the cast as well. Um, to start this off, I'm going to throw to you, John, first. Um, what do you think about these two actresses coming back to uh, play, or not back, but you know, coming into the uh, Star Wars world? Well, I mean, uh, Genevieve O'Reilly makes sense as uh, Mothma, being that she was in uh, actually Revenge of the Sith and then Cut, I believe, and then uh, in uh, Rogue One. So I like the continuity there. She kind of looks the part, and I think when people see her now, they do identify her as Mon Mothma, even though there was an original actress from Return of the Jedi who's actually still alive. She's in like her late 80s, I think. I forget her name, but someone's going to be like, it's her. Um, and then uh, Denise Goff uh, is going to be playing uh, Grand Goff Tarkin in uh, the Casting Andor series. So we're <laughs> looking forward to that. Um, oh, no, but I did look into her a little bit because I don't know who she is. And honestly, her whole filmography, TV and movies, I haven't seen anything she's done. And she's been a lot in a bunch of stuff. But I guess she does a lot of like yeah. play and video games, video games, too. Right. So uh, I guess she does a lot of plays and she won uh, an Olivier Award. Um, and I saw her do a uh, what they do, the dots on your face, like for the video games, like the mocap or whatever. And she's doing like a monologue. Mm-hmm. Very reminds me of very like imperial, like <laughs> like bad guy. So I wonder if she's gonna be playing a bad guy. Uh, she is from the UK and sometimes they like baddies uh having accents out of the uk so i'm curious what she's going to be doing but i really don't know much about her but it's cool to see that mon motham is going to be in the mix makes you think who else is going to be joining the fray but um it's always cool to hear this stuff especially you know we keep beating that drum that the casting andor series was has been kind of rocky but now that it sounds like tony gilroy has taken over as showrunner let alone uh, rewriting stuff maybe they're writing the ship and uh going in a good direction now when they start production who knows with this covid stuff but i'm feeling a little better about casting andrew series now we're actually hearing things other than diego luna and alan tudyk being involved that's pretty much all we had for such a long time so maybe we're finally getting the wheels in motion yeah Lacey, i'm kind of in john's boat not knowing a whole bunch about this character uh any particular thoughts on the casting of these two actresses well I think John's right that the the new name is someone that could be playing a bad guy just based on the type of videos we've seen from her. But um, I'm super pumped Genevieve's coming back because it's, it's nice to see that familiar faces are coming from Rogue One into this project because you want to know how everything fits together and everything works and how this is going to lead into Rogue One. Um, so to know that those actors are getting another chance to bring their characters back is really, really cool. Um, and I'm just... As usual, I'm so excited that there's any Star Wars updates about any projects because right now we're kind of in this, the world is in this period of just sitting, like waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to know that things are still moving behind the scenes, even if productions aren't happening, um, is is great for me as a Star Wars fan. So I'm excited to see what other updates we'll get. Um, 
and what kind of new characters we'll get is always interesting to me, but I find comfort in that they're bringing back faces we already know. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm in agreement. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I was listening to uh, another podcast uh, talk about this news, and they were like, do you think anybody cares that Mon Mothma, the one chick from the something something, is coming back? And I was like, this guy right yeah, here. Yeah, we do. I was like, yeah, I was like, Mon Mothma as a character is integral to the the whole rebellion. You know what I mean? She's been in multiple series and stuff. And um, I actually think in a lot of ways they don't give her the due. Like anytime they ever dive into her character, it's like. I don't know, like just this little segment of a book or something. And like, no one knows that I'm like, I think she needs more frontline attention. Um, and even in rogue one, I feel like she's just kind of there to deliver a couple lines. And if you didn't know, you'd be like, so who's that? Like, what's her importance? It's like, I, I want to see her, you know, stand up in front of the galaxy and be doing these broadcasts and stuff. I want to see her, um, be on, the non I'm not the, the I'm not with the rebellion, but I am role when she's still like in the Senate and still playing politics. Yeah. That's what I think is going to be really cool. And uh, again, we've said, you know, they're, they've, they're working for the, the spy thriller thing and like the political aspect of that. And she's like kind of the double agent, like she's playing this, but like secretly has this whole like, coup happening i'm like yes I, like that's what i want so i'm i was really excited to hear but i but to me it was obvious i knew she was coming back this is like a report saying it's gonna feature the empire and the rebellion yeah. <laughs> like right. yes i know yeah. um there isn't a whole lot to say about denise though um uh other than i thought i was gonna be the one person that said i think she could play empire and you guys both said that <laughs> so I'm at a loss. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So in order to be contrarian, I guess she'll be part of the rebellion. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like like you said, John, there's not much to go on. Um, she doesn't have a lot of visual things. She was in The Witcher, so probably people you know, I still have to know watch that. that. I still haven't seen that. I don't even know. Was she in the... I thought she was a character in the game The Witcher. Oh. Yes, I don't even know. Yeah, see, I mean, maybe we should have done a little more research there, but I I was looking and I was like, there's there's not really footage to to go off of, um, because yeah. like you said, she does a lot of plays and stuff. So. But why are why um, are people getting um like so dismissive over like people getting excited over small characters coming back in Star Wars? Like that is such an identifiable thing in Star Wars with fans, like loving someone who's been there in a flash. Like, I love, you know, uh, Admiral Akbar. Like, he's really, like, he's an admiral in Star Wars, but he's on, his screen time is 37 seconds or whatever, you know? like I love him. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so in Star Wars, that's the biggest thing. Like, so when people are like, well, it's just that one lady who showed up with the white sheet on, it's like, but yeah, but she's a big deal. And, like, people love her. And they, they, they love they love. Yeah. Nadine with his Velcro beard because he was on screen for three seconds. Yeah, like, I, I agree. I think you're just looking at, you're talking about people that they're like, Hey, you're going to watch that Cassie and Andor show. And they're like, I don't know, maybe. And they're like, Hey, but hold on. Wait a second. 
white sheet ladies coming back. Like, <laughs> right, I don't yeah. think for yeah. the large majority of people, they're like, oh, now I'm interested. Right. I think this is actually a follow up to you. Do you think anybody was like, like most boys were like, oh, Leia in the bikini and stuff. You think anybody was like, yo, Mon Moth? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was the type of conversation it was in context with, so you can understand. Um, But at the same time, uh, though, to somewhat their defense, she's that stereotypical action-adventure stare character. Like, the camera pushes mm -hmm. in on her, and she just kind of stares worried. Like, that's her role. Mm in the movie so i can understand why people are like really is this a big deal and it's like it is to star wars fans because small characters matter but generally speaking like no one's gonna know who that is yeah i always thought even before you know rogue one and revenge of the sith and all that other stuff i always thought she had this crazy presence where they were like they're tossing off hey you you fill us in you fill us in and then they're like oh here's the next part and like she walks in and everybody's like oh my god i can't believe who it is you know She's like, the emperor has made a critical error and is, you know, and you're like, oh my God. And (laughs) the whole many Bothans died and all that. I was like, dude, this person, I don't know who she is because I didn't, I don't know Lord like that. But I think, and of course nobody did like when she was playing the role at the time. Right. Right. But I think she just brought so much to, so much gravity to the situation of like, this is where we're at and we're not playing around. This is serious. We're at the end of the game, you know, we're at the end of this. So, um, yeah. Like right. I said, but she's I'm not in the millennium the Falcon. She's just given plot. No. Yeah. That's, well, that's yeah. why people are like, okay, she, she's kind <laughs> but of, so like was everybody boy. else in that room. They're sure, like, so sure. we got to shoot the thing and go to the place. <laughs> she's and- the OG, like Beaumont kin. She's just like, let me get you some bullet points yeah. of information here to push this thing along. And I love it. But, you know, I'm just thinking, James, you brought up Bothans. It's like, and they're spies. And this is like a spy show. Like, imagine we finally see them. And they're like, what do you need us to go on a mission for, Mon Mothma? And they're like, go over there and do that. You're going to die in like six years, but go do that for us right now. Yeah, that's a book. <laughs> for sure. That's not, in the, that's not in the live action world, what do you think I of, think. What do you think a Bothan sounds like? Do you think they speak English, or do you think they have like a, a language? I think they speak English, Lacey. I have no idea. I'm not the person to ask. I can't even speak English. <laughs> I feel like there's there's something that they like. There's another species that I like picture them kind of as, yeah. even though they're in legends and you can look them up and yeah. stuff. Um, but I think I kind of picture them talking and acting a certain way and mm. they, I don't know, they could play with that. James um, no sold me on that, by the way. It was just like deep in thought. About you speaking English? I what? I no sold you? What is yeah. that? Oh, sorry. That's like a wrestling term. It's like when you go to like punch someone or like, I don't know, anything and the person just doesn't react. Yeah, like like oh. you don't like you don't sell it. Yeah, like Lacey. So I made to... a joke. John laughed, and you were like, "Yeah, I don't think the Bothans." And I was like, yeah. "All right." Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. It was actually funnier because you didn't react because it just sounded like you were like. He 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 sold the no sold. He no yeah. sold it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny um, when I learn things that I've picked up through my career. 
that like I'll say something and people will be like, what? I'll be like, oh, that's from something very specific. <laughs> I only in the past couple of years figured out what a heel and a face was. I was Baby like, face. Yeah. I was like, what? Good guy, what bad are guy. they talking? Where does this come from? And yeah. the jobber is the guy that just loses and so, never wins. So to, to like put it in perspective, Kylo Ren was a heel and then he turned face. Is what he they turned call it. face, yeah. yeah. And then he died. And stormtroopers are just jobbers because they just always die. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, and Jawas are Jabas too. <laughs> and Jabba is Jabba. Ja- <laughs> no, not Jabba. Jobbers. Yeah. Jabba. Jabba. No, but he's Jabba's. No, all I, thought- I keep thinking about with Jabba is him melting droids into bikinis. That's all I'm. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what episode was that on? Like last week. Yeah, no, but was it? Oh, never mind. It was evil. Go check that out. The evil out. moments. Oh, that's like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The funny thing is when we discussed evil, I didn't even consider Jabba. And then when you broke it down to like, here's all the terrible things you did. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, he is really bad. And all You're I can like, think of. sucks. And all He's I can like think a human is... trafficker in Star Wars world, <laughs> but worse. And all I can think about is how many budget, like his budget of like, because I put it into like relative terms of like him having a meeting being like, what's the budget on metal bikinis? So like, then I'm thinking about droids. So that's all I've been thinking about for a week. Happy Star Wars Day. You know what's cool? What? So we already announced like Make Solo 2 Happen Day is is coming and it's May 25th. Mm -hmm. And if you guys are just listening. Does this have to do with metal bikinis? Well, I'm trying to get to a Jabba tie in here. Oh, Move, moving, okay. w- moving away from the swimwear in Jabba's Palace. Uh, Got it. Which, by the way, like, you're not swimming in a metal <laughs> which, bikini. Which, by the way. You're sick to the bottom of the ocean. It's room. not swimwear. It's slave wear. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. That's, she has a leash. They're not on the racks at Target. Um, but uh, Make Solo 2 Happen Day, if you're, you guys are just listening to us now, um, basically our, the fan movement that we created uh, for more solo and we know at the end of Solo, Han and Chewie are going to meet up uh, with Jabba. How cool would it be to honestly think about that? How cool would it be to see Jabba again and see Alden and and Jonas roll up and start working for him? Really? I love Jabba. I wish we got more of Jabba. We got so little. And you get of all him. those behind the scenes of like, like a little six minute documentary on like bringing Jabba back yeah. you know, to life <laughs> finding the old molds him. yeah yeah they'd exactly, have to bring yeah. back everything like salacious salacious crumb, crumb bib yeah. fortuna all that stuff and you know what it'd be freaking awesome and they should do it Jabba. I want the puppet though do I don't it. want CG Jabba oh, no, I well, want like three dudes sweating inside of a puppet like yeah. Brian Herring said yeah like I want I want them to sacrifice. No, you got to bring, just like they did with Yoda. They brought back Puppet Yoda. You got to bring back Puppet Jabba. With the tongue? Um, that, that's CG. That's CG. I, I wish we asked, uh, um, never mind. But uh, that's CG. <laughs> I told you. Uh, that CG Jabba from episode four is still so whack. Like, I don't care what they do to change Where Han. Where he steps on the tail. It's just so bad. I'm glad that they gave us more Han. It's a retread of the Greedo scene. And I know we're going on a tangent here, but it's made the force. But it's what George wanted, and that's what's important. Right, yep. James? I mean, he created the terrible person, Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> right. I thought he you were going to say he created the terrible person. I thought you were going to say about John. I was like, I mean, kind of. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Um, 
very true. Yeah, I was actually going to use that as a segue a little bit ago that, that uh, you know, George Lucas created Jabba the Hutt. So maybe we should talk a little bit about what George has been up to recently. And we all know he's not working on the Clone Wars, right? But we do know that he still talks to his good friend Dave Filoni, who is finishing up the Clone Wars, and they work together on the original series. Um, recently, they sat down and did an interview, and it was aired on the Star Wars show. And uh, just, just real quick before we get into it, I loved this interview. I thought this interview was awesome. It was great. I don't know how much there is to uh, pull from it, really, but I just felt like every time either one of them opened their mouth, I was like, this is gold. I love this. Um, so, Lacey, I'm going to start with you. Um, what did you think of the interview? So, first of all, it's funny now that we've had this podcast. Well, I've been on the podcast for about two years now, a little over two years, like a month of over two years. Um, mm-hmm. But I now watch stuff and think of either you or John, James, when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, who will like this? And when I watched this, I was like, oh, James going to love this. They just talk about how animation is <laughs> important. Animation is just as good as live action and animation. She this. said it with a huge eye roll, too. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying James like, is going to love this. He's going to love it. Uh, just because you really like animation and you're all about it and you like. I like Star Wars. You like Star Wars, yes, but you also really, really love Star Wars animation, which is awesome. There are lots of fans that do. So when I saw this interview, I thought of you fondly <laughs> that you like animation. Anyway, so uh, George Lucas is hilarious. That's what I took away from this. Uh, he was cracking jokes the whole time. Good to see that he's still rocking the plaid with the jeans and the shoes. Like I've never seen someone stick so clear to like who they are as George Lucas. And I've read a lot of like interviews and behind the scenes stuff of how George is as a person. And uh, that guy we saw in this interview definitely was like exactly what all of these people describe, which is he has a very clear vision and he doesn't care who else says anything. And if he thinks that you're wrong or you're not following said vision, he'll tell you. And that's basically what Mm -hmm. I got from Dave Filoni. But of course, in a mentor way, not like being a jerk. (laughs) A jerk yeah. to Dave Filoni, but George the Lucas, one thing George Lucas sends back his meals in a restaurant. <laughs> he just knows what he I, wants, and he's just like, "No, this was yeah. not good." Honestly, I think he would. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he, but I love first of all that he dropped Coppola's name. He was like, as Coppola once told me, I was like, oh, yeah. I wish I could drop those names." Yeah. Um, no, but the one moment that really, really stuck out to me, besides him saying he wasn't. He was making the story for himself, basically, is what he said. He was like, we were making these for us and for, you know, streaming services and whatever. And with the idea that he was so ahead of his time, I loved hearing Mm -hmm. about that from George, just knowing what his vision was and that his idea of what he wanted from this show was like 10 years ahead of, first of all, what they could do and what they wanted to do. Uh, which is just George Lucas in itself. Like everything he's ever done is just ahead of everybody else. Um, But yeah, the one thing that really stuck out to me that like I straight up laughed out loud and played it like three times is when Dave Filoni was saying how he, you know, went about this series a certain way and like went into learning about movie making because he started in storyboarding, which 
I'd known a little bit about that, but hearing it from Dave was really cool. And like, that's why he sketches and everything. And he went from that to they got rid of storyboards. And he was like, oh, well, I guess I don't have a job now. (laughs) And then now where he is today. Um, But when he was talking about the show and how he like he came to learn things and learn to make movie and like how he tried to do his best or whatever. And George was like, well, as I would say, do or do not. And I was just like, Oh my God. And the reason I thought it was so funny is first of all, who has the power to drop their own quotes in an interview, which is hilarious. And two, it made me think of John because we've been laughing at him a little bit for the past couple weeks when he's quoting stuff. And this was an example of an actual person quoting what they said. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Like it, it would, yeah, I think the, John's showing the thing Yoda. that John was doing was the, uh, like, well, if I had to describe the force thing <laughs> and it was kind of funny, but right. this he described funny it as a book like, report, which is like, I'm using this as a reference for my argument, which makes total yeah. sense, mm-hmm. but it's funny when a character says something in a movie and the guy that wrote said movie was like, ah, yes, <laughs> I came up with this. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's like, well, the way I always think of it is do or do not try. I think I wrote that into a movie one time. <laughs> like, right. you know. But he didn't even say it that way. He said, as no, I always I know, yeah. say, do yeah. or do not. And I was like, <laughs> and the day Filoni yeah. was like, I guess I try. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it was really fun. And George has a great sense of humor. That's what I learned from that. Very dry sense of humor which i love that was quite a tangent uh, sorry anything anything stick out in that interview um yeah so it was weird seeing um george be happy uh i feel like it's been a while like every time we see him in an interview or someone talks about or shows a, a a clip of george lucas talking about star wars it's that um 60 minutes where he's kind of angry and bitter and that sort of thing. I feel like he's reached the acceptance stage that he's no longer, you know, making star Wars anymore. Um, and I, I seriously mean that I, I, he felt like he was enjoying it again and been talking about it again. And I know the clone wars is still connected to his last being involved in creating it. So that's probably a part of it, but he seemed jovial and happy and not sarcastic and not bitter or anything like that so i enjoyed that um he kind of like poked fun at himself a little bit saying like this show is rooted in the fact that i kind of skimmed over the clone wars which was this big thing that we talked about and uh setting up in a new hope so i thought that was kind of funny um but just him also talking about how the clones are people and they all start one way but they take on their own unique personalities and make their choices and that sort of thing so in a way i felt like he was almost comparing the clones to kind of like Anakin where Anakin, you know, came up this way, but he had to make choices to become what he became. And it was up to him to make those decisions. And that's again, rooted in that, that, um, that, uh, fable and that, uh, moral message that Lucas always like made star Wars for, which is like, you know, be hopeful, but also you have to make a choice on who you want to be. And for him to identify that with the clones, I thought that was very interesting, more than them just being these soldiers. So um, I thought that was cool. But then the, the other thing, aside from that, is the fact that uh, Tracy Canobio had said, it, she's the uh, PR person for Lucasfilm, said that they weren't going to show this. Like, 
but they did because it was so good. I'm like, that is so crazy to me. Like, what are, what else are they not showing us then? Like, this is the mm-hmm. stuff you should be showing your fans. Like, this shouldn't have been a even a question. Should we show this to the fans? Like, that it almost bothered me to have read that because, you know, George Lucas is 76 years old, uh, I believe, this month. You know, he's not going to be around forever. He's healthy, he's happy, he's here, and I love that. We need to, like, cherish that fact that this man who created everything that we're talking about is still talking about it right now in 2020. Like, and the fact that they have an interview with him and Dave Floney talking about his last mark on Star Wars and they weren't going to show it to the fans, like, really kind of upset me. Uh, And I'm just, like, shocked by that. And the only reason why they did is because it was so good. Like, I don't care if George Lucas was up there talking about, like, what sandwich he ate while they were writing season four of the Clone Wars. Give it to me. I want it. So uh, th- that was weird to me, honestly. What I- sandwich I wish would I- it be? Pastrami. Yeah, he's definitely a cured I- meat I knew like guy. immediately when he yeah. said what sandwich. I was like, pastrami yeah. sandwich. Yeah. But but just overall, I-, I-, I enjoy all the aspects of the interview. I like, I-, I felt like watching him and Dave Filoni reminded me of like Indiana Jones and his father kind of thing. Like that banter they're kind of playing off each other and you could tell they can kind of bust each other's chops a bit. And I really saw that that was a real relationship there. And I think that will in, uh, endear me more to Dave Filoni. Cause I haven't been the biggest Dave Filoni fan, but um, I really just enjoyed it overall. It, every aspect of it. Um, and maybe my biggest takeaway being just seeing George there and, and him feeling appearing better and more positive about everything. Yeah, no, I I agree with that, um, John. I I am a Filoni fan, but I think generally when he's involved in interviews, it's people praising him, and he's like, well, you know, I I do it this way because you know, blah 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 blah. Right? This was interesting because in this particular interview, it was very clear that he was the Padawan, you know. Yeah. And yeah. anything, and he was very open about like, Hey, when we started doing this show, I was like, well, this is how we're going to do it. And George was like, no. And he's like, I was, I was an idiot. I didn't know what we were doing. You know? (laughs) Um, I, I, I absolutely loved the way that George, George was portrayed in this, um, that he was massively ahead of the game. He says, this needs to be done like this. Uh, you're doing it all wrong. Like you mentioned earlier, John, it has to be like this. And of course, in the end he was right. Um, and there was so much about, um, him even saying like this show would excel on a streaming service. We don't have that yet, but he was proven right when they moved the show to Netflix and the show blew up because that's when I started watching it too. I didn't watch it when it was on Cartoon Network weekly, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and there i don't know like it was just it was absolute golden to see these two back and forth like you nailed it when you said um there was like a father to son relationship there i felt like it was like it was like you're you're the kid right and you're watching your dad and your grandpa talk about things that you're like i don't even know he was in the military or whatever you know like (laughs) these stories that like when when your dad was growing up and now he's like bouncing it off of someone who raised him i don't know it's just so weird and surreal, but like in a very good way. I, I really liked the interview. Um, and, uh, you're right. George was very happy. And I I feel like part of that comes from, like you said, I I don't think it's so much, um, him coming to terms with, or he's finally starting to realize. 
I think this is th- when George succeeds is when, um, and this is going to be a bad a- example, but he, you know, he tells everybody, Hey, we should be eating green apples. And everybody's like, no, that's stupid. Why would you do that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. We're all going to be eating red apples, you know? And then like years later, when we find out green apples are way better and we, you know, they've now switched over uh, and they're all like, Oh man, George was doing this from the very beginning. That's when he can come out and be like, you know, what wh- I I've been saying this the whole time. Like now, all of a sudden, all the people who are hating on me for the prequels are all of a sudden now they like the prequels. Like they get it. Like I've been there the whole time. I was telling these stories. I wrote the story on the banking clan. I wrote the story yeah, right. on you know all this stuff that, um, uh, even Dave Filoni is saying like you know because kids really like stories about banks and i'm sitting there like <laughs> there's so much detail here i want to get to the nitty-gritty like or I, the droid episode episodes. he was like my favorite was the droid episode and Filoni was like it's so weird when you came to me with that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's just um like actually it's funny too because um pat who used to be on the show that was like one of his favorite you know segments of that entire series was Mieber mm. Gascon, the character and all this other stuff, Steven Stanton doing the character. Sure. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. It, it just feels like a, a, um, a victory lap in a way. Yeah. You know, it's like, and I love that how you mentioned John that like, he's still here and it's like, it's almost surreal yes. because we might look back at this interview and be like, man, I wish I would have, you know, I don't know. I and, praised him a little more while he was still here. And I don't say that to try to bring morbidity into this at all. But I mean, you know, he's 70, yeah, he's yeah. 76. And, you know, is he going to be around 20 years? Maybe, maybe not. But I just hope that Star Wars keeps one hand on the tree. And the tree is George Lucas. Like, it doesn't get like, because people are always like, I want R rated Star Wars. I want this Star Wars. I'm a, and I'm like, just keep the hand on the tree. He wanted it to say a certain thing. And he wanted Star Wars to always be a certain thing for a certain group of people. And it's kids and families. And it's about doing the right thing. And, and good versus evil. And it, in, its, in its purest form, Star Wars is so simple. Really. And I just hope they don't lose sight of that when George is long gone and we're older and all that sort of thing. I just hope Star Wars kind of keeps one hand on the tree and that tree being George Lucas. So give more interviews and like, let's have more historical records of him saying what he thinks the deal is. And uh, I, I can't get enough of it. I really can't. So I love, I, that's my biggest takeaway from this. And sorry, I rambled, but really passionate about George <laughs> Lucas and that stuff. Yeah. Um, we only have one more thing to talk about and I don't think there's going to be a whole lot here so we can, we can move through it pretty quickly. But, uh, Anthony Daniels posted a a photo of him, uh, doing some, uh, audio recording, some voiceover, uh, for C3PO. And he said it was for future star Wars animation project. Um, right. This guy's normally super cryptic. And uh, this was pretty straightforward. He says, hey, I'm bringing C-3PO back. I'm still working on it. It has to do with animation. And everybody just started speculating. But I don't I – don't, I'll just get my thing out of the way real quick. I don't think there's anything to this. This could be, you know, Forces of Destiny returning or something. Like, I, I think him lending the voice is just good no matter where it's come from where it comes from. Um, I don't think this is any sort of an announcement or tie in with a bigger, uh, um, anticipated project or anything like that. Lacey, what do you think? 
I honestly don't think it's anything because I think everybody was saying it was like the rebels thing, right? That's what everybody's kind of could, kinda could like be, yeah. Leaning. That's towards. what everybody wants. Oh, so yeah. they're writing the story. That's what I saw. Is a lot of people were like, "Oh, this must mean the rebels thing." I'm gonna be not the negative Nancy, but I don't want to like break, like crush dreams. I think it could be him just reading lines to make a library of C-3PO, like. Because they do that now with a lot of the older actors of things. Like uh, like they did it with Stan Lee. They did it with Mark Hamill. I could see them being like, hey, we got this thing. We need you to record some lines. Like we need these in archives of you recording these lines. Like I don't know if it's necessarily anything coming. It could just be like, hey, let's just have a record of this stuff. And yeah, I know he I, said animation, but it could literally be like, hey, we need a library of these things for future animation stuff. For future animation stuff, yeah. Um, I don't I don't hate that. I think the hang-up is over the word, like, for a future Star Wars animation project. Mm-hmm. And um, But uh, you never know. I don't know. It, seem, that, it seems a little grave to me, but what do you think, John? Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. It, you know, some have said it could be the upcoming Lego animation project they're doing i'm not oh, yeah. too familiar yeah. with that um there could be plenty of other things that they're doing with animation that we don't know about that we won't see for till 2023 you know mm-hmm. um but i do it did it also make me think because that's really all i have on that it's pretty straightforward i do like the fact that he's just like yeah i'm doing c3po stuff like i don't care if people are mad i'm telling you that but here i am in my quarantine cave that's fun yeah yeah and I wonder if this is how he does a lot of his dialogue for C-3PO. Just in he has his own little home studio and he does it, bang, sends it over and, and has lunch. Um, I'm doing a lot of lunch talk today. Maybe I didn't have a good lunch today. Um, but I think uh, th- this triggered something to my head. If they ever want to bring C-3PO back, if like Ray and, and so on go on more adventures and he's like, guys, I'm 80. I can't be putting this thing on anymore. Like that was my last run. He can still uh, come back and do some voice work. And if they want to get someone else to get in the suit, kind of like how Peter Mayhew uh, taught Jonas, Mm -hmm. he can be a consultant and teach him how to do the mind movements and that sort of thing. And maybe we have our next skinny guy um, or gal in the C-3PO suit and he can still do the voice. Uh, So that's an option. I don't think this is the, you know, I didn't think episode nine was the last we would see of 3PO. And, you know, people have had been rumblings that he's going to pop up elsewhere. Who knows? Maybe he even ducks his head out in casting Andor. But uh, I just or shoot, yeah. Even what Lacey was saying, right? He creates a library of of That's, his yeah. voice for yeah. live action stuff yeah. too. You know, yeah. yeah. Very true. Very true. Good point. Good point. All right, well, then that's uh, that's everything we got this week for Resistance Report. Um, I know that there are some other things that we want to talk about within the Resistance. So, Lacey, can you uh, can you uh, move us on to the next section? What's it called? He- yeah, we're going to head into the Scoundrels Rundown, so punch it on three. One, two, three. Punch it! Punch it! Punch it! That was good. Guys, happy Star Wars Day. May the 4th. A lot of stuff to this time. This I was going to say this week. This time, today. We have a lot of stuff. <laughs> today! Um, Get ready. Right now. Uh, so, first of all, we're kicking it off with, we're teaming up with Bluefin Brands. 
uh, to do some giveaways and they have other cool stuff going on. So first of all, check out bluefinbrands.com for their May the 4th digital event. First, they have a hobby Q&A live stream panel with builder tips and tricks for their Star Wars models starting today at 1 p.m. 1 p.m. PST. That's also including a Star Wars sale on figure and model kits, which ext- which ends, well, it extends to May 11th and then ends May 11th. Um, and then also we're going to have a ton of giveaways on Bluefin brand social media and our social media. So make sure you're following us at RBATSWNN and also Star Wars Newsnet. We're giving away like six prizes in total from X-Wing kits, Millennium Falcons, Samurai Kylo Ren, which I reviewed on the YouTube channel, um, Samurai version of Phasma and Stormtroopers. Guys, these figures are so, so cool. And you can win three items each on both channels. So make sure that you're following both. um, And those Twitter channels, ours and Star Wars Newsnet, will have more details on how you could win. So good luck. Um, That being said, we would like you to become a resistance officer. If you'd like access to more content or would just like to support us, join us now at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. You'll immediately gain access to exclusive content, including eight mini episodes, monthly Q&As, polls, behind the scenes videos, and you qualify for other benefits that come along with being a resistance officer at each tier. So if you're thinking about joining, now is the time. And we want to give a special shout out to our generals, which include Mello, aka Grey Jedi, Andrew Saley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, Michael Gaines, Jetta Rosewater, and Val Trichkoff. Um, and uh, taking a break, even more. We've moved our <laughs> new merch store to teespring.com. So head over to teespring.com slash stores slash resistance broadcast to find TRB swag, which includes updates to current designs, new apparel options, and some new designs, including a special One True Emperor, which is out tomorrow. You guys are going to want to check that out. It releases tomorrow on Revenge of the Fifth. Because yeah. we don't just celebrate one holiday. We celebrate every Star Wars holiday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So but not then, Revenge of the Sixth, because that's just that store. Brand, that's right? crazy. I don't know how people no. still do get out that. of okay. here. Okay, can't have two. <laughs> get out of there. All right. So then, also the Clone Wars fan show may be coming to an end this week, but uh-huh. Friday marks the return of the Mando fan show. We will discuss each episode of the Mandalorian docu-series on our YouTube channel and podcast feed, and this Friday we'll be discussing with the first two episodes. Multiple episodes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a twofer. (laughs) All right, guys, that is a ton going on, and of course, I'm going to throw it in here. Don't forget, May 25th is Make Solo 2 Happen Day. Yes. Make sure to get your swag at Teespring and be a part of the day. It's going to be great. Oh, my gosh. I think that's a lot. But happy Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. And Chewie, get us out of here. Love that Wookiee. <laughs> you ever take a nap in a Wookiee's lap? You'll never have a better night of sleep. Ever. <laughs> According to my buddy, uh, what's his name? Rio Durant. Rio Durant. I was going to say, what's his name? <laughs> Rest in peace, buddy. Um, 
I, lo- I love in Solo when he's like sagging his pants and he has to pull them up. And that's how Han knew he was an Ardenian. <laughs> God, I love yeah. that movie. Hashtag make Solo 2 happen. Guys, it is time for Ask the Resistance. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? All right, guys, you send us questions and we do our best to discuss them and maybe give an answer or two. And hopefully you uh, you dig that. Um so thank you for everyone who sent them in. But we have uh, four here we're going to get into. Um, the first one is going to go to you, Lacey. Um, Matthew Godin at Football Jedi sent this in. Thank you, Matthew. He asked, what do you think will come first? A new Star Wars video game other than Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga or the 2022 Star Wars film? Hey, Matthew. Happy Star Wars Day. Um, Thanks for your question. I wish it was the film that would come first, but I have a feeling we're going to be getting a video game before that. I know that Project Maverick thing has been floating around, which is now possibly a flight simulator. Um, So I think that's going to come first before the movie. But I would take a new Star Wars movie like every day if I could. So Mm. happy Star Mm. Wars Day. Right on. Um, do you have any particular type of game you would like? Do you have a specific type of Star Wars game that's your favorite? FPS. Uh, when people die, right? You FPS. can kill people? FPS <laughs> is... Uh, is that like Battlefront? First person yes. shooter. Oh, okay. Yes, Battlefront. That's when you see just the bottom of the gun, John. Yeah, like Jack and- Goldeneye. According to yeah. um, Battlefront EA, they've stopped updating it. Really, like this was their last big update with Ray Skywalker and Scarif, and yeah, very cool. It's kind of sad, right. a little bit, a little sad. Maybe they're getting to work on a new one, but um, I hope so. All right, uh, good answer. Uh, next one, Thank going you. to you, James Maugen Rimmer at Deliver Ands Deliverance. Deliver ends, deliver and deliver auntie ands to my house. Those pretzels, fantastic. Do you like the full pretzel or like the pretzel nuggets? Both. Uh, I feel both? like you don't get enough pretzel nuggets. I like to take the pretzel James, nuggets. James and is like, I want holes. my full, a full amount. Yeah. Yeah, you know how it is though. It's like this one big like cinnamon bun, or like these four little cinnamon buns. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's equal. I like yeah. the littles. Yeah. But John, did you I just say like you that you would more. take the nuggets and fill in the holes of the pretzel? Yes. Yes. <laughs> all surface area just filled in all pretzels. I'm like I'm like Stanley Hudson from The Office. I, I love my. They're pretzel. They're a little too buttery for me. That's the thing. Pre- pretzel plate. That's just yeah. what it is. Like they're that like flat. buttery that like you bite in and it's buttery and then your fingers are buttery and it's just ugh, buttery. You know what I would do what just to gross James out? I would go to the movie theater with the pretzel that's already buttered and put popcorn butter all over it too. No, that grosses me out. Oh, oh grosses yeah, you out. Yeah, it doesn't gross me out. I, I get sick with if I eat it late. The girl oh. that just said butter 16 times about how gross it is. Yeah. All right. Well, you're, you're the one who always gets the big pretzel at the theater. I got it one time, John. It was one time, <laughs> and it was a mistake. And they laughed at me. Uh, it you was know what's once. not a mistake, though? I didn't know the it was sugar a... sugar pretzel. I didn't know it was the size of a pizza box. 
I looked like an idiot by myself in the movie theater. So it's not like I could even blame it on like being with someone being like, oh, we're eating it together. It's like it was me by myself. And Lacey's like eating her pretzel like in her lap with a knife and fork like. (laughs) And then to top it off, it was like a slow night, too. It was like a Tuesday matinee. So no one was in the theater. So like all the like like the concession stand people were just staring. And it was it was really, really terrible. I wonder if the Tuesday pretzel is like a good pretzel or is that the stale pretzel left over from the weekend? Mm. No, it was a fresh pretzel. All right. It was just well, the size that... of a pizza. Yeah. Well, all right. Fair enough. You live and you learn. Um, it was really right. embarrassing. There are a few moments in my life that I think about mm. at, like when you're driving to work. You ever have that moment where you're like, oh, this was terrible for me? People know what I'm talking about. Like you're like laying in bed and you think of that moment in eighth grade that you embarrass yourself. Yeah, sure. pretzel day was one of those days for Fair me. Fair enough. That's okay though. You Not made it for through. Stanley of the Office. Yeah, pretzel day is, is the best day of the year. I just said that before. <laughs> um, Did you say that? I missed that. <laughs> well, all right, Malgan. Full circle. What's the question? Malgan Rimmer <laughs> asked. Has the threat of planet-killing technology been overused as a plot device in Star Wars? How might the villains of the future movies demonstrate their evil tyranny without resorting to cliches? By blowing up planets. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a tough question. Um, first of all, the answer is yes, I think. As far as, like, the, we're just going to blow up another planet. I, I do think that's been <laughs> o- overplayed. Um, how do you... How do you come up with something that is not cliche is tricky because no matter what you do, you're going to be like, well, it's kind of similar to this other thing that they made, you know, in 2005, this other big movie or whatever. Um, I was trying to think of good examples and I'm not the writer. I'm not the person you're looking for, but I think what could be cool is maybe not to play um, that one side is fighting against another group of people but more or less maybe if there's like inevitable catastrophe and your protagonist and antagonist just have different views on how to go about that situation. Right. Um, so it's not someone like putting their foot down on, on uh, a group of people. It's more like we're um, I guess maybe kind of like civil war, right? Maybe like, there's an issue at hand and two parties are divided and you have a battle because they both believe what they're doing is right. I know that's not necessarily empire and rebellion, but it definitely plays in that gray area of like the, um, the deeper thing that people like about it. Like I can understand both sides. Who do you side with? Who do you get? Do you get their point of view? Um, but, the, but you know, still maybe having a couple of those characters who like maybe think they're doing the right thing by doing terrible things to other people and stuff. I don't know. I just thought it would be kind of cool. Like how do, how do people overcome something like a global or in this case, galactic catastrophe, the cores blowing up or something that's, yeah. but you know, you got what I'm saying. Yeah. I like that. Um, they got to do something. Did you know? Th- did you guys ever read the comic book Civil War? Um, no. no, but I know like a little bit about it because you know you do just do your Wikipedia research. Oh, I've read it, and the whole beginning, the whole like setup of the scenario, is that uh-huh. it's like 
kind of like young mutant X Men kids blow up Stamford, Connecticut. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Happy then Star Wars uh, Day, everybody. And the but it's kind of crazy. Okay, so why Happy people, Star Wars Day to everybody except Stanford, Stanford Connecticut. Connecticut? Why why people at home are probably like, who cares, Lacey? I'm from Connecticut. Yeah. I grew in Fairfield County near Stanford. So when you're reading a comic book and you see a town near you in it, you're like, mm-hmm. this town is in my state and it's right. Like, this is the climax of the, the big problem. Yeah. And you yeah. see like Tony Stark talking about Stanford, Connecticut. You're like, what? Yeah. But there's a new show on Apple TV where one of the characters uh, like travels to the future or something like that. And he's like, I, I don't know where I am. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> right and don't you think like oh Dayton, ohio yeah. it's like that's crazy yeah the only thing my hometown was ever in was that hillary duff military movie on disney channel there was another mil- oh. cadet kelly Ke- uh Ke- Ke- cadet kelly yeah so cadet kelly- i watched that i've watched that since disney plus <laughs> came out so cadet kelly goes to that like drum thing like competition yeah and the third place school is from redding connecticut and that's my hometown and i was like there's no military school in redding connecticut this is a lie <laughs> and me and my sister were so mad that they were lying about it anyway i bet she note. didn't even really have to save her stepdad either yeah lies yeah <laughs> whatever yeah hillary duff totally <laughs> okay well anyway john right, well, what's we, your we favorite hillary Star duff War. character um uh, oh, oh um i only know of like three right i liked her as the killer in scream too it's very good oh there you go um hillary duff i just made that up to try to move on uh oh. all right so we have another star wars question for the Star Wars podcast on Star Wars Day. Uh, Sean <laughs> Santarude at Rude Cold said, leading up to the rise of Skywalker, I know that John was worried about the lack of R2-D2 in the promo material, so I was wondering if he was happy with the outcome of R2's role in the movie, or did you want more? Uh, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I I do like that they had R2 uh, with Leia when she passed because the first time we see her and uh, she's with him. So I like that bookend. Um, I do also like that he got to get in the mix and he flew with Poe on Exegol and uh, that gets a little overlooked. Some people forget that he was there. Um, But he was still underused in my opinion. I I liked he had a bigger role in the original trilogy without a doubt and uh, maybe too big of a role in the prequels, in my opinion. I actually don't think he should have been in the prequels. But um, I, I was, I was okay. I, I was okay with their usage of R two. Um, no, no real complaints. I just was more nervous because he wasn't showing up anywhere in marketing or anything. I thought they were really gonna push him aside like they did in the Force Awakens, and they didn't. He, he served a good role. Um, so I'm fine with that, Sean. Uh, let me know what you think. Um, but thanks for the question, and thanks for being concerned about my concern. Uh, last question, guys, to all of us from Shore Trooper WR0923 at WR underscore 0923. So it's got to be a 501st person, I'm guessing. Mm. They said, what would be your Jedi Sith names in Star Wars? And if you were a Jedi, what color saber would you have? Lacey? 
so ever since I have gotten the Art of Force Awakens book, I've always liked the name Kira. And I know they used it for Solo with a Q, but I liked it with a K. So I'd probably go with that because it's just like a name that I really liked because it was like okay. Kira and Kylo. I just like yeah. that. Cool. Um, colored Jedi. I would say blue, but I'm really growing on the yellow. Like Ray's lightsaber is so cool in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I actually mm. had a conversation with some people online this past week about how it would have been really cool if the Rise of Skywalker, they let her use that lightsaber from the beginning. Like, they kind of just, like, let her build her own from the start of the movie so that she could then mm. battle Palpatine, battle Kylo, and and just kind of we get to see the yellow one in action because we kind of get a yeah. glimpse of it and we're so pumped to see it and what's coming next. And then sure. that's it. So I would have loved to see the yellow one. So you know what? I'm going to go with yellow. Why not? All right. Right on. Cool choice. James? Yeah, just to piggyback that off that, like, it would have been really cool to have, you know, the Skywalker saber and her saber, right. you know? Right, yeah, yeah, But then again, it's like, you can find meaning in anything they do. And I sure. love also the fact that you had Leia and Luke, you know, sure. there with her. So it's like, no matter what they do, there's always going to be um, a good way to look at it and a bad way to look at it. I wanted um, her for, to have a double for... side, though. Like, to oh, light yeah. up double-sided, yeah. Um. For for colors, my favorite and the one that I would choose if I was like, you know, if you got to pick, uh, I would say purple. I, I like the purple. But the only problem with the 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 color there is we don't know what it means yet. They have yet to define that. They've defined blue and they've defined green, which makes me think if I was actually like a Jedi myself and I was turning on my saber, what color do I think it would be? I think it would be green. Which is, uh, what is it? Ever, can you remind me? What do those mean? Uh, between blue and green, blue is more like defensive, protective, and um, and more like physical, uh, not, I don't want to say physical world, but they are more like the knight, the Jedi knight, right? Sure. Uh, protectors. Um, whereas the green is more of like the passive, like, wisdom jedi force big picture kind of thing like step back and not like run into the fight you know um uh kind of thing so um i personally i think you guys would both be blue and i'd be green (laughs) what i'd probably uh, be but that's my thing would you say what your name would be if you were jedi or a sith uh i chose sith um and i chose well no my name I didn't think of a Jedi name. I I thought of a, a Sith name. And mine would probably be Darth Heinous. <laughs> Is that Bill and Ted? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Darth Heinous. I was trying to think of like I was trying to think of like evil words and yeah. I was like heinous. And I was like, yeah, that would be me. I'd be the Bill and Ted Sith. <laughs> I wanna... Darth Heinous. <laughs> mm. Oh boy. All right, that's cool. Um, I think my lightsaber would be. I think I'd, I'm, I'm going green. I think. I think I'd go with green. Um, my Sith name would be Darth Dennis, and <laughs> my Jedi name would be Jeff Nass T. <laughs> Jeff Nass T. Yeah, Jeff Nass T. Uh. But yeah, Darth Dennis, I think, would be my Sith name. 
Um, I want to know what people think our name should be in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good opportunity to say that at 12 p.m. Eastern time after this episode airs, we're going to be in the comments. So put your answers to these questions and let's have a discussion on why we came up with the answers we came up with. Yes. And I want to know who Shore Trooper would be because they're clearly a 501st member would they delve into jedi or sith Mm -hmm. um but i do want to give a quick shout out i was asked to do this uh looks like the 501st is doing um the story time stuff where they read kids books um which i i did i read solo a star wars story the golden book on our youtube channel go check it out because not a lot of people did and Lacey did a great job editing it making it fun so thank you for that Lacey. but um it looks like the 501st does hashtag 501st story time. So go look for that. And they read uh, books in full 501st gear. So that's pretty cool. So shout out to you guys um, uh, for doing that. Um, all right. That's pretty much it, guys. That's the end of the show. So we hope you are enjoying your May the 4th. Uh, if you are watching this on May the 4th, thanks for taking time of uh, your Star Wars day to spend it with us here in the Resistance space. We really appreciate that because we know there's a lot you could be doing. So thank you. Um Make sure you subscribe to TRB on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or if you're watching on YouTube, we'll see you at 12 o'clock uh, for the comments and keep that discussion going. Uh, like we said before, StarWarsNewsNet.com. That's the place you should be going for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Um, and that that's pretty much all that stuff, I guess. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and uh, on the Mando Fan Show, which is continuing uh gonna be every friday i guess uh so check that out on the youtube channel and also on our podcast feed and of course every monday and thursday on trb and starwarsnewsnet.com uh james how about you um you can find me myra trunks at that doesn't make sense (laughs) he's got a yoda cup on twitter twitter and instagram yeah i held up a little yoda thing yoga yoda it's not yogi yoda it's just yoda you guys actually can find me loving star wars at Lacey gillerin on twitter and instagram and make sure you're subscribed to this channel because we have a ton of cool stuff coming in the next month i promise you it'll be worth it to subscribe yes and what yes that is all you're getting from me tease also, not to tease, not calling you a tease. spoiler, <laughs> spoiler, um, no, Thursday we're going to be having uh, an interview with uh, Yoshi Vu, who um, did mm. uh, environmental artwork and was a senior generalist for The Mandalorian uh, and also The Rise of Skywalker. So he's going to take us a little bit behind the curtain on what it takes to create the uh, environments and settings that bring Star Wars to life, uh, including some pretty cool stuff about the Death Star wreckage uh, so be sure to tune in on Thursday but again enjoy your May the 4th uh, Admirals and Generals will see you tonight on our call and uh, everyone enjoy your weeks we'll see you on Thursday as always right here on the Resistance Broadcast we'll see you around kids <laughs>